Brilliant. Okay. I don't think I need to say anything now, do I? We've had a lot of, a lot of saying. Did anyone enjoy the memory game? Okay, I realise that um, on this table there was cheating. Just like to call out the cheating with, with, with the memory game. Um, on, on that table, which was the big one over there, there was a very intense game. Um, people were a little bit irritated that I told them to come in here because they weren't finished. Um, and on this table here, there was, there was a game that David created. You see, the, the aim of the game is that um, is to remember things, isn't it? You have all the uh, little cards put down, and you're, you're supposed to turn over two in your go. If they don't match, you turn them back over, and then someone else has to remember where they are if they turn one over. And then if you get a match, you get a pair. Did anyone win in yours? No, because you didn't finish. One well done. Anyone winning any of the other tables? Excellent, excellent. There's no prizes, sorry. But you know, memory is a difficult thing, isn't it? We we all sort of forget things every now and again. I have a shocking memory. I have forgotten. Not only have I forgotten my own mother's birthday, and I rang her on the day to ask her something still forgot it was her birthday. It didn't help that my sister and my dad also forgot it was my mum's birthday on that day. The next day she got loads of interflora from all of us. Um, I've also forgotten my mother-in-law's birthday and Simon and I spent the day with her on her birthday. I know, it's terrible. I have a shocking memory. No one told us. How's that? You would have thought like, like his dad might have gone, um... No, nothing like that. I have a shocking memory, and, you know, memory is a difficult thing, isn't it? We can forget big things, but we can also, and more often, we forget little things. Where our keys are, where our keys are, where our glasses are, where our purses. We forget lots of things. Remembering can be very difficult. Do you know, there's a story in the Bible which I find quite a horrifying story, actually, because it's a story of the destruction of the world. It's based around a character called Noah. And it's a time when God looked at the earth and he saw that there was no goodness. He couldn't see any inclination in people's hearts that was good. But there was a man called Noah who heard God and he listened to God and he built a boat, he built an ark and animals went in and his family went in and then floods came upon the earth destroying everything except for Noah and the animals and his family in the boat. It's a horrible story, really. It's a horrifying story. But then there's Noah on this boat. And we always tell this story. And when we tell it in Sunday school, we're going, and Noah's on his boat. We sing this lovely, lovely song about all the animals going two by two. We forget about all the destruction and the terror and the horror. And also the fact that actually Noah was on the boat for a very long time. 150 days he was there waiting with the rain and everything and waiting and waiting and waiting and there was nothing to be seen. He must have thought that he'd been forgotten. Is God going to rescue me? He told me to build this ark and now I'm just floating with all these animals. But then in the Bible, in Genesis chapter, at the beginning of chapter 8, it says... But God remembered Noah. But God remembered Noah. 
And all the wild animals and the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. But then God remembered Noah. And the thing about God remembering Noah is that God then also acted. The waters receded, and things started to change and get better. Because the remembering was not just God going, oh, oh, blow, yeah, there's Noah. Yeah, I remember him. It was God remembering and acting. It was an action that God did. Just as in the Bible, God remembered Abraham and rescued his nephew Lot. Just as in the Bible, God remembered Rachel, who was barren and she conceived. Because you see, for God, remembering is an action. He remembers and he acts. After all, the word remember means to bring things back together, to remember, to heal, to bring back together, to make whole. God remembers and God acts, which as his people, we are also called to do. Next week, we've mentioned that it's going to be Remembrance Day. We go down to the War Memorial and together, as a village, as a community, we remember. We remember those who have fought and died in wars. We remember those who still continue to fight and die. We remember those who suffer. We remember those who gave their lives that we can live in a certain way. Remembrance Day is an act of remembrance. But surely it should also be more than that. Just as God remembers and acts, we should also not only pause to remember, but then as people of God, act in the way that we live, in the way that we speak, in the way that we are to bring healing and wholeness and peace into our world. There is a, a man called Eli Wiesel. I don't know whether you, I pronounced that quite correctly. Um, but he was in Auschwitz. He was a Jewish man. And he witnessed, obviously, horrific things as a child. And he wrote a book called Night, which is a wonderful book, if you're able to read it, about his search for where is God in all this suffering. And he says this, he says, Without memory, there is no culture. Without memory, there will be no civilization, no society, no future. After all, God is God because he remembers. God is God because he remembers us. Not in a way that you remember something long ago and then pay no attention to it. But he remembers in a way that he acts to bring healing and wholeness and goodness. And we as his people are called to do the same as well.